Well, welcome to our summer series called uh, Sandal Summer. And uh, as you know, as you can see in the video, there are appropriate times to wear sandals and inappropriate time to wear sandals. And uh, I had some of the staff, they said, with this series all summer, uh, speaking about sandals, are you going to preach in sandals? I said, probably not. And uh, yeah, it was a hard thing for me to even get to a point where I could wear jeans in church. I can remember the day where I said to Becca, like, I'm doing it. I'm doing, I'm wearing jeans. She's like, you're really going to do it? I'm wearing jeans. We're putting the khakis away. I'm just telling you, it was a big deal for me. Uh, and, and I gladly got rid of the tie, but uh, I'm just telling you, you probably will not see me in sandals unless it really serves a point for the sermon. But uh, this series is, is our summer series. And, and a lot of times at our church, I like to do this, where we have a series that is connected, but independent. What does that mean? That means if you miss a week, Get right back into it again. Get right back to church. Um, Some of you are like, ah, oh, I missed part two and part three won't make sense now and I have to get caught up before I can get back. Each week is independent, okay? So it's all going to be a sermon that will deal with feet or sandals or something like that. Uh, but if you miss one, you can jump right back into it. And I would say this, that... Uh, we love the online uh, viewing experience for people that they're able to not be with a, a body of, of believers and just be at the cabin or at the beach or, or wherever you're at and you're watching this. Um, but we just, we, we believe that when we come together, we're able to be discipled. When we come together, uh, we're able to use our gifts and talents to bless each other. And there's something dynamic. There's something godly. There's something beautiful when the body of Christ comes together. So if you miss a week, jump right back into it and join us. Uh, Sandal Summer, I want to jump in. I've got a rather lengthy passage that I need to read in Joshua chapter 3. So we are going to talk about jumping in and jumping in. They actually jump into the Jordan River. And I'm going to read this again. It's a very long passage. I don't usually do this. I feel like it's a little bit of a, a, more of a teaching um, almost like I'm doing a Bible study with you, if you will. And I've got a lot of pressure because everybody's been telling me all week long, like, you were really funny last week. You were really funny. And all week long, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be that funny this week. So, all right, deal with it. Put your own jokes in there. All right. <laughs> Joshua chapter three, verse one. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's a great line to hear from your leader. Get ready. God's going to do some amazing things. He says, Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. How many get the idea that any site is a bad thing, right? <laughs> all right. He says, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord and all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel 
one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters uh, flowing downstream will be cut off and will stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. This is a miracle going on. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, where the water flowing down the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stepped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. All right, so it's a long chapter, but I wanted to read that story and put it in context and give you even a a little bit more uh, history as we jump into this uh, Sandal Summer series. And uh, the title of this sermon is called Time to Meet the Water. It's time for you to meet the water. It's time for you to get in and step into the water and see what God has for you. And I want to tell you this, the first thing, if you're going to meet the water, the first thing you're going to have to do is overcome fear. You have to overcome fear. When God tells you, I've got something and it's on that side for you and you've got to go across this obstacle. In this case, it was the Jordan River. He's like, you've got to get from here to there and you've got to meet the water. And I could see the people. I could just imagine they were filled with fear. And if, you're, if we're like them and they were like us, there's a, uh, anytime God tells you to step out, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to cross over to something better that I have for you. Fear rears its ugly head. It comes against you, it attacks you, and it tells you to stay put. And so in this moment, if you, if you know the story again, um, the previous chapters, uh, God is, is helping them to understand that they're not going to live in fear, that fear got them into trouble in the first place. All right, so I'm going to back up a little bit further in the story. God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and God wanted to bring them into the promised land. And they get to this very spot. Uh, In Numbers 13, uh, Moses is sending out spies and they come back. They say, we can't do it. And they stall at this spot. They stall. They're afraid of, of what's on the other side. They're afraid of the giants. They're afraid of the battles that they have to face. And, and the Bible tells us that this whole group of people that God wanted to bring into a promise, he wanted them to get through this river to the other side. They get to that spot and they get afraid and they stall out. Fear stops them. Fear kills the dream in that moment. Fear actually kills them because God says, you know what, if if you can't trust me and you can't go across and you're going to let fear keep you here, you're going to stay here to all the people that were afraid and were disobedient. You're going to have to stay here and until a new generation rises up, you're going to die out on this side of the river. Sad thing. Very, very sad thing. Fear killed the dream and it ultimately killed a bunch of people because they all had to stay there and stay there and stay there. Fear is a, is a horrible thing. And I just would tell you this, when God tells you to step out in faith and he said, just get ready, I have something better for you over there, overcome the fear in Jesus' name. Overcome the fear. Do not let fear keep you there and kill the dream that God has for you and keep you still. So in chapter 1 of Joshua, again, now catching up a little bit more on the story, 
chapter one of Joshua, God tells Joshua, okay, now you're the new leader. Okay, you're the new leader. I've got all people that are not afraid, but I need you to be strong and courageous. And he's like, okay. And then God comes back. All right, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. He says, okay, be strong and courageous. And as I'm reading this, I, I, I don't know if God was just assessing him over and over again. Like, I don't think he's getting it. Or if fear is that big of a thing that God has to just keep telling us over and over and over again, be strong and courageous. So Joshua says, all right, I'm going to lead you guys. God is going to show up and God's going to get us to where he wants us to go. And uh, I love in Joshua chapter one, again, when I was on my sabbatical, this just jumped out at me. In Joshua chapter one, verse 16 and 17, 18, I'll read this. Uh, it says, they answered Joshua. Joshua's like, I'm gonna lead us. And they said, then they answered Joshua, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. And then they say this last thing, only be strong and courageous. And if I could say this to anybody that's leading anything, when God's told you to step out, a great leader is strong and courageous. And if, when you're strong and courageous, there's a whole leadership lesson here. Um, when you're strong and courageous, people will follow that. And if you're not yet strong and courageous, go back and talk to God and let him pep you up. Be strong and courageous. Um, Man, I, there's, there's been times there like people would say like, how did you know that you knew that you knew? And I said, I didn't, I didn't. But God told me to be strong and courageous and I'd rather do what he said than be afraid of you. And sometimes we stepped into some amazing things only because I was obeying what God was telling me as a leader, be strong and courageous. And so God gets to this moment with the, the water of the Jordan and um, as you, if you know about the Jordan and if you've ever been to Israel and you get the opportunity, we do those trips every once in a while. I can remember the first time I saw the Jordan. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that big of a river. I'm like, that, they're like, we're coming up upon the mighty Jordan. And, and we get to it and I'm like, it's like Minnehaha Creek. Like, it's, there's not much here. And they're like, and I was like, and it's filthy dirty. And they're like, yes, now you understand Naaman not wanting to dip. And he's saying, we got better rivers where we are. And I'm thinking, wow. Okay, but the story tells us that it's at the flooding season. So it's bigger than that. It's at its peak moment. And I love that, that God was establishing Joshua as his leader he was establishing him, and he was also eliminating fear. He said, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. If I'm going to get you the other side, I'm going to do a miracle here, and I'm going to stop this. So uh, Joshua says, we're going we're gonna to cross. We are going to do this. We are going to go over, and when we, when we get over to the other side, it's going to be absolutely amazing. God's got something better for us. But again, let me just say this. Don't let fear keep you on the wrong side of the river. Don't let fear keep you on the wrong side of what God has for you. I cannot stress it enough. Um, fear kept them in 40 years of wandering. Fear led to disobedience that kept them in 40 years of wandering, death of their dreams, missed opportunities. God's having plans for them. God's like, I have a promised land for them. And they go walking around in circles. 
I can't imagine having to, to wait for 40 years. And even the disgrace of just knowing, like, we can't enter into what God has for us, and we've got to die out. We, this is a disgrace. And it's interesting, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, it says, then the, after, after they get across, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. And Gilgal means like the reproach has been rolled away. And God's saying, you know what? It's, I never wanted you to stay on that side. I wanted you to get on that side. It's miserable if you live in fear. It's miserable if you don't obey me. I wanted you to get to that side. So whatever God's calling you to do, don't let fear keep you where you're at. Decide right now that I will not live in fear. If God's called me to step out, I'm going to step out. I'm going to grab hold of everything he's got. I may not understand it. It may look daunting. It may be way bigger than me, but I'm going to obey whatever God has to say, and I'm not going to stay on this side of the equation. I'm getting to the other side. 2 Timothy 1 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I cannot tell you how many times I've quoted that to my own self, saying, okay, God, I've got to get to the other side. I've got to get there. I, I may be afraid of this, but I will not let fear keep me out of what you have for me on the other side. I love what Becca says. She, she talks about, do it afraid. That's become her thing. She's realized that fear is an attack on her. And she's like, if God calls me to do it, even though I'm afraid, I'm going to be obedient and I'll do it afraid. Some of you need to grab hold of that and do whatever God calls you. Even if you're shaking while you do it, go obey what God has called you to do. Second thing uh, about this that I'd say when you're crossing over the Jordan, crossing over um, whatever obstacle is in your way, is, it brings you to your inheritance. It brings you to the next step that God has for you. Let me, there's so much here just in this point, and I'll try to give it to you as, as solid as I can. Um, on, on this side of the Jordan, where they were, on this side of the Jordan, okay, there was manna, but on the other side of the Jordan where God wanted him to go, there was filet mignon. Okay, some of you are like, I'm in, I'm in. I'd cross just for that. Okay, there, but there was variety. There was fruits and vegetables and there was blessing and there was produce. And, and they even came back with a report that it's incredible. I mean, these things are over there. The, 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 the produce is so good. But on this side, they've got manna, grits. Grits bread, malto meal bread, whatever it is. I mean, 40 years of, of manna bread, okay? On, on this side, there's daily scavenging. Their whole life is just scavenging. Every day, wake up, go get manna, come on back, eat the manna, wait around. Wake up the next day, go get manna. 40 years of that. Over there, God's like, guess what? I want you to plant crops. I want you to grow crops. We're gonna, things are gonna be expanding. Over here, walking in circles. Over there, walking around and taking over promised land. Here they have tents. There they'll have houses. Do you get this? Their inheritance is on the other side. The blessing is on the other side. Fear kept them from their blessing. And I, I want you to grab this. When God tells you to step out in faith and cross an obstacle, be obedient to him, there's inheritance over there. Real, there literally was inheritance. Over here, they have no inheritance. It's tents, it's camp, 
And over there, he's saying, every tribe gets a chunk of land. And within that chunk of land, you get your chunk of land. And you get to develop that and build a house on it and grow things. I mean, do you understand this? There's, there's just waiting over here. There's adventure over there. There's boredom over here. There's action over there. I'm just telling you, whatever God's calling you to do, even though you don't understand what's on the other side of it, it's way better on the other side. It's way better on the other side. I mean, think about it. When they're on this side of the Jordan, everybody's going the same direction. God's like, okay, the cloud's going over here. Everybody's going over here. And the cloud's going over here. All right, we're going over here. When they get to the other side of the Jordan, he's like, go. Expand. Go. See what I've got. You and I are on an amazing adventure. I'm going to take you on this adventure into your inheritance. I absolutely love that thought of getting to the other side of whatever God has for you because your inheritance is on the other side. Your blessing is on the other side. Your adventure is on the other side. I used to be intrigued by manna, but the more I've studied this now, I'm less intrigued by manna. You know why? Because now, now that I fully understand this, manna was like God's plan B. Think about it. He's like, his plan was to bring them out of Egypt and to bring them into the promised land. His, his plan was for them to march like for 10 days and then to cross into the blessing. His plan was for them to eat this good fruit and to get over there. And because of their disobedience, he creates manna. And manna is just like plan B food. And I'm thinking, I, I'm not that excited about manna anymore. I hope you're not excited for plan B but you want exactly what God has for you, you would say, I will step out. And I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what is God's, uh, what he's telling you to step out into. But I'm, I'm telling you, whatever it is, it's worth it. Your inheritance is on the other side. Your blessing is on the other side. Your breakthrough is on the other side. And whatever God is calling you to do, he's telling you to get over there. Now, some of us, we say, well, you know, I, I, I can't. I'm stuck in this unforgiveness and I won't get over there. I'm telling you, if God's telling you to forgive your enemy, you forgive your enemy and get to the other side. Some of you say, you feel God prompting you like, well, it's time for you to step up and follow me in the area of finances. You're like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm telling you, your inheritance is on the other side. God says, well, I want you to go and I want you to go and answer the call and go to those people. You're like, I can't, I, I, I wanna stay on this side. Your inheritance is on the other side. Get across the river. Again, on the one side, people are afraid, people doubt, people don't like change. They wander in circles and on that side, they embrace change, they follow the prompt, they take new ground, they do great things. Um, they enjoy God like never before. I want to get to the other side. I want to get to the other side. Why did the Christian cross the Jordan? Because his inheritance was on the other side. I mean, something. All right. All right. Just made that up. All right. Just kind of inspired. All right. No, 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 no. All right. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. All right. Here's our thing. Crossing over requires a first step. Crossing over requires a first step. Okay. There's a time that you got to meet the water. You got to meet the water and there's that 
all right, we're doing this. We're going for it. And it's interesting that God tells them to put the ark out in front. Now, I want to let you know that was God saying, I'm going to do the heavy lifting in this. I'm going to have the priests carry this, but my presence is going before you. I'll show you the way. And when you go into that land over there, my presence is going with you, and I'm going to lead and guide you into your inheritance. And when, when they walked in with that first step, here's what was happening. They walked in with the first step, and even though they were carrying the ark and the ark didn't get wet, it was as if God stepped in that water and said, all right, now that you're stepping out and you're doing this, watch what I can do in your faith. You got to take the first step. Again, we, we, we want all the answers and God's like, take the first step. Step into obedience and watch what I can do. And I'm telling you, the, the challenges that are placed before us, as you follow God, they'll get bigger and bigger and they'll require more faith to take that step. I mean, think about it. When they, when they crossed the Red Sea, how do you know that the people are like, okay, God, we need a miracle. And God's like, all right, watch. And Moses raises his hands and the Red Sea parts. They get to the Jordan and, and God's like, all right, you need a miracle? Step in. Step in? How about hand splitting, you know? No, step in. It's a, I'm taking you to another level. Step in. Watch what I'll do now. We're in this journey together. New levels require more obedience. And I'm telling you this, um, they get in, and the Bible tells us, according to the passage that I read, that they get in, and the water starts to stack up, but it lists the city. Do you know how far away that was? 15 miles away. So it says the water starts to stack up 15 miles away. And how many know that once they walked in and the people are watching, they're like, all right, well, it didn't part. What's going on? What's, I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, what they're thinking, like, okay, what's going on? And, and, and here's the thing that I've learned, you know, about waiting on God for your miracle. When you're waiting on God for your miracle, time moves in dog years. I've said this before, all right? One year equals seven, you know? And, and you're like, Lord, where are you? One minute, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 70 minutes. You know, like, it's been hours. No, it's been 12 minutes. Okay, you know, it's, it's just, okay. But I'm telling you, when they step in and they step in to meet the water, there's that critical waiting time. And from our side, we're saying, is it working? Is it working? <gasps> I finally overcame fear and I stepped and I took the first step and we're kind of like, ah, and, and here's what I think is going on, if I could help you with this. I think from our side, we're wondering, is it working? Did I miss it? What was I thinking? <gasps> Please show up, God. And I think God, from his side, he's, he's celebrating like, they obeyed me. Yes, yes. And I think he just takes time to get all of heaven to look. Come on, everybody look, you know. Look, look at how amazing. They obeyed me. And we're down there going, ah, ah. And he's like, yeah. From his side, it's a blink. From our side, it's eternity. Okay? Okay, when you're in those critical moments, trust him, trust him, trust him. But the Bible tells us that the water started to pile up, and I believe it must have taken some time because it was miles, and, and it's at flood stage, and all of a sudden, hey, I think it's lowering. I think it's, I th this is amazing. It's stopping. It's, it's not flowing anymore, and it, and it starts going you can imagine the miracle taking place. I'm telling you what, that's what happens in your life. You'll step out in faith and all of a sudden you'll think, I, it's, it's not. But I think God is again just getting all of heaven to applaud whatever's going on. And he's like, 
that is awesome. Thanks for stepping out in faith and living in obedience. Here's what I, I believe happens. When you meet the water, your obedience is now and your miracle is coming. When you meet the water, your obedience is now and your miracle is coming. And, and we like miracle first, then obedience, and God doesn't work that way. He's like, obey, then miracle. And again, if you've ever said things like, if God wants me to forgive them, then he'll put it in my heart. If God wants me to give more money, then he'll give me a raise. If God wants me to go to that country, then I'll learn the language without trying. If God wants, you know what I mean? And you say these things and we put them out. If God wants me to give up this sin, then he'll take that away. And we just, if, and God's like, step out and watch what I can do. Step out first and then watch. Okay, here's another thing that I've learned about when you meet the water. God does like this. He goes, first step, next step, final step, bonus step. That's how I've watched God do it. You, you take the first step, and, and he, many times that's all he gives you is the first step. And you're like, <laughs> and then God finally brings you next step. Yes. Next step, next step. Then he gives you final step and what you think sometimes is the final step and God's like no we're coming back to this again there's a bonus step with this I can just tell you that um, I was praying about a, a way to illustrate this and I just even in my own life starting this church it was like first step next step next step wow and then I thought, final step. And then God's like, no, I got some bonus steps. Watch, we're doing multi-site, this. Uh, oh, you didn't know we had international in the plan? That's in the plan too. Oh, and, and I'm here watching God saying, I had no idea when I took the first step and I loaded up a U-Haul and left Milwaukee. I left Milwaukee with a U-Haul. I was like, it's first step. No people. No, I just was being obedient to the first step. And first step goes to next step, goes to next step. And when I thought it was final step, God's like, oh, no, no. Now we're into bonus steps. Watch what I'll do next for you. He'll do the same for you. Last thing I'll tell you this is your faith has to stand firm. It says in uh, chapter 3, verse 17, when you meet the water, it says, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. And, and I believe that when they stood there, they had to stand firm. They had to stand firm and they just had to wait to see what God would do. And I'm gonna tell you this, when you, when you hit the, the Jordan, when you're stepping into whatever God has you to go, wherever he's saying what's next, you're gonna have to stand firm. Everything within you is gonna wanna say, didn't work, I'm out. Ephesians 6 talks about that. I won't read it, but Ephesians 6 talks about standing firm. And when you've done all you can to stand, stand firm. There's something there. There's something about fighting the battles and getting across to where God wants to take you next and not giving up and saying, I won't quit. I won't stop. I will stand firm. And I'm praying that whatever God's telling you to do, whatever is your next step, each one of us right now should say, God, what's my next step? What's my next step? That you'd say, God, whatever my next step is, I will cross over to the other side. That's where my inheritance is. That's where the blessing is. That's where you want me to be. I won't stay here in fear. I won't stay here in disobedience. I'll get to the other side. And when I take that first step, I will take that first step with confidence. Uh, my prayer would be that you would take that first step so strong, you would make a splash. There it is, Lord. I'm in. I'm in. And so I don't know what your next step is. I don't know where you're at. But I know for each one of us, there's a next step that God wants you to take. 
And I'm praying you'll jump into that. You'll cross over to it and you'll say, God, I don't want to be on the wrong side of the equation. My blessing is there. I step over to the other side. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us to realize that, that fear could keep us from all that you have for us. And we're not going to let that happen. We refuse to let fear keep us on the wrong side of the equation. We live in our destiny. We step across into our destiny. We take the first step uh, to, to meet at the water. And we say, God, here we are. We're stepping in. We're being obedient. You do the heavy lifting and we'll be obedient. And whenever we feel like we can't make it, I just pray we'd stand firm and we'd say, God, we want to see what you'll do. They entered in, they had their blessing. And I pray, God, right now, it's time for each person here to meet the water. It's time for them to meet the water. Whatever it is that they need to do, help them to meet the water and get to the other side. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.